Hello, I'm Kay Meredith. Welcome to YPN Chats, a podcast for YMCA professionals to connect you to great ideas and learn what other professionals are doing in the Y. Today, we're going to speak with, we're going to speak about energizing your work and life with Tom Rath. Tom is an author of the author of Strength Finders 2.0, Are You Fully Charged? Eat, Move, Sleep, and his newest book, Life's Great Questions, which is scheduled uh, for release in February of 2020. Welcome, Tom. Thanks so much. It's good to be talking to you. So, Tom, I have some questions that we receive from YMCA staff across the country about energizing your work and life and just, just to learn more about you. So the first question um, that's been submitted is, what is the single most important thing you believe someone can do for their well-being? I would say, it's a great question. Um, I would say the most important thing that you can do for your own well-being is to, starting today, begin to connect daily incentives to make better decisions into your routine. So I, I, I mentioned that I've been battling cancer and a host of health problems for a long time. Even with all those chronic health challenges, it's still not a very good motivator to skip the cheeseburger and french fries at lunch today, to be honest. What, what is a good motivator is knowing that if I indulge in an unhealthy meal like that, by the time I get finished with work and my eight and 10 year old kids are bugging me to take them to the park, I won't have enough energy at three or four o'clock in the afternoon to be a good dad that day. Mm -hmm. And the, the same thing applies to sleep. If you have a really important meeting, you need to be your best, you need to get a good night's sleep. And um, moving around throughout the day, if I'm completely sedentary throughout the day and I have a presentation at three or four o'clock, there's no way I'll be as sharp as I would be if I were moving around and more active throughout the day. So when you start to connect your action today that's also helped, that helps you make a better decision with those short-term incentives, I found that's kind of the secret to building better well-being one day at a time. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, short-term incentives. Right. It's like an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. yeah. So what made motivates or drives you to be enthusiastic and to help motivate your team? We have YMCA staff who are supervisors of, uh, of teams of people, what motivates or, or drives you to be enthusiastic and to help motivate your team? You know, it's a good question because I think if you, if there are people who look to you for leadership and guidance or management, uh, there's no more important role in the workplace. My big discovery from all the research that Gallup did over the years with 25 plus million people is that it's all about that local supervisor and manager. I mean, almost all the variants and whether someone has a good experience at work each day and feels good about what they do is about the person they look to directly for guidance, not the CEO or the executives at the organization. So what motivates me and what I've learned is that the people right around me on my immediate team, if I'm not taking responsibility for their development and energy and growth every day, chances are nobody is in the workplace. And so um, I think just understanding the significance and importance of your role each day in helping people to have more energy and more well-being and to connect what they do with how it makes a difference for your members and for your communities, there is no more vital role in the organization. So show up each day and kind of accept and own 
what a big and positive influence you can have is one of the more inspiring parts of my job, and I'm sure it is even more so for your teams. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to ask this question. I, I can't remember exactly which one of your books, because I've read several. It was, it was, it was, I can't remember where this came from, but there was a section that says, is your boss killing you? Or is it's about the impact of you as a supervisor on your staff teams. Mm-hmm. I know I'm misquoting that, but right. <laughs> can you talk a little bit more about the research um, connected to supervisors and the impact they can have on their staff teams? Uh, well, I'll, st- I'll start with the, the, the downside of what I learned is that having a really bad boss could be as bad for you as smoking or other really unhealthy habits in terms of the effect that scientists are able to measure or the chronic effects of a bad relationship with your boss over time. So, um, and there are a lot of people who are amazing uh, motivators and community influencers and individual achievers who just don't have the desire or talent or whatever it might be to spend their whole life managing or leading. That's something good for people to think about at some point in their lives too. But for those of us who are in supervisory or leadership roles now, I think to figure out how you can take your strengths and aim those at, how you can make positive contributions to the growth of people who look to you for leadership every day Mm -hmm. uh, is a really good place to start. And you do have to have good quality relationships and even friendships with those people each day because I think the industrial era mindset of kind of standoffishness between bosses and employees has been proven wrong and it's bad for the employees now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. So a fun question about about your interests and what, what are your favorite books or what is one of your favorite books that you have authored? That I've what's, authored. Your, yeah, what's your favorite book that you have authored and why? Um, good question. I, I think... How Full Is Your Bucket, which was the first book I worked on, uh, has a very special place in my heart because it was written in my grandfather's final months of his life with him, and it was the first book we worked on. And the the ones that I take the most pride in are the kids' books. So we did a um, we did an illustrated version. There were so many teachers that wanted to use How Full Is Your Bucket because it's a basic metaphor about Every time I interact with another person, I either fill their bucket a bit and give them some positive energy, or I dip from it and take away. The metaphor is so simple that even though it was a business book, K through 12 teachers across the country grabbed onto it and said, I want to use this in my classroom. Mm-hmm. And so they told us we needed to make the kids version of How Falls Your Bucket. And then when, when my kids started the, in their uh, kindergarten and elementary school here in Arlington, Virginia, all the schools are using that book now. And it's a part of their theme in their semesters. And so that's fun for me to see how it's a classroom management strategy and actually changing behavior. So talk about meaning. That that kid's book actually gives me the most meaning. It's why we uh, worked on a kid's book about energy and eating and moving and sleeping for kids called The Rechargeables that spent a lot of time in schools reading and talking to kids about that recently because I am of the belief, and I think you probably see this in your communities all the, every week, that if you can show young people better ways to value the foods they eat, being active and sleeping better, that might just change the trajectory of how they do those things for a lifetime. I grew up in a culture, for example, where sleep 
you know, the last thing I would ever admit is needing more sleep because it was kind of a hardworking farming culture. And boy, now with my kids, last thing I'm ever going to do is my send my kids to bed, tell them to go to sleep as if that's a punishment because I want them to value sleep. Mm-hmm. So it's I, the first thing I ask my kids, did you get a good night's sleep? If not, why? And we make sleep something that's kind of sa- a sacred, highly valued thing in our house. And I think a part of that book with the rechargeables are worked on is how do you turn those things around so kids see eating, moving, and sleeping as things that yield energy throughout the day? Yeah. Well, what a great resource for us as we look at our work in the why around youth development and working with our youth around eating, moving, and sleeping, right? Mm-hmm. So my last question is, what is the best way or your best advice for failing forward or learning from your mistakes? You know, the it's a good question that I've been thinking about a lot lately as I worked on this new book about Life's Great Question because um, I was trying to figure out for the website that goes to that, how do you help every person who reads that to put a profile together that speaks to who they are as a human being and how they want to have an influence and how they want to be remembered. And as a part of that, I interviewed hundreds of people and said, what needs to be in this profile? And one of the most important things that we have people put in there as a part of their kind of more human resume is what have been your most influential life experiences or miles? Most influential life experiences is about, um, what are the things that really changed the trajectory of your life and your career for better and for worse? And what I found in kind of walking through that activity with people is in many cases, it is a challenging time. So one of my most influential life experiences was uh, my big physical health challenge and how I dealt with that and battled that and um, how I responded to it. And um, I think what I've learned about both my personal health challenges and my career challenges over the years is that when you face those battles to step back and say not only what can I learn from failing forward but how can I apply that and then what else can I learn to get ahead of something like that happening in the future um, that's that's what I've learned just as an example of my medical health I wake up every morning and read at least 10 or 15 medical abstracts about how I can stay ahead of those challenges so that I'm ready for it in the future and consensually do things that keep me 10 steps ahead. And so I think if you take that mindset of one of the beautiful things about our lives in general is that um, we can always be doing things for other people and we can always be learning a few things that get us ahead so we can do more for others over time. And I think if you're not trying things where you're failing, you're not trying enough. So you, mm-hmm. you've got to learn from that and move forward. What a great note to to finish up our podcast today on. Um, We want to thank you, Tom, for sharing more about your work and remind our listening audience that Tom has a new biography that's coming out in January, as well as Life's Great Questions, which will be uh, which is scheduled for release in February. You can learn more about that in uh, on TomRoth.org or from the virtual program guide for this YPN conference. Thank you for listening today. Thank you, Tom, for sharing your thoughts with us today. And if you enjoyed our conversation today, subscribe to our, subscribe to our podcast and share the podcast with your colleagues.